coffee club, coffee club. Grind your beans and grab your favorite mug. It's Ollie Morgan, George and Gus. It's them boys from coffee club. Boys from coffee club. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Coffee Club Podcast, Hi. episode 126. <laughs> Ah, you may have heard already, but we have manager Tom back on the show today. Tommy, Tommy, manager, how you doing? It's me again. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> He's back. I'm back. I'm still here. Never left. Tom is still here. The Long Coffee Club som- Summit continues. And myself, Morgan McDonald, I'm joined by Oliver Hoare today. And unfortunately, no George Beamish. He is en route. Where is he going to? Glasgow. Please go. Is that is that a Scottish accent? I think we tried an attempt. Yeah, it was, it was a good attempt. I thought. I, I do you thought want to try, Ali? I was just going to do a George Beamish impression of doing a Glasgow. <laughs> we've got a New Zealander. We've got a Kiwi uh, accent. Glasgow. Doing a Glasgow. Glasgow. I every time I try to think of a Scottish accent or an Irish accent, I don't know why. Like my Y's get crossed because British is so easy. Mm. Like you sound like you're from London. Like it's just so easy, but. Scottish. If I try and think of how Josh Kerr talks, he doesn't. It's gonna be like my reference though. point. I thought Josh Kerr was American. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't sound as Scottish as other people, but like here's I, my jo- here's my Josh Kerr impression. I'm the best miler in America. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Neil Neil Gooley, Um, I feel like sounds more Scottish than than Josh Carrot. What does his voice sound like? <laughs> I don't know. I'm setting you up. That's a tough one. Yeah, that's we a should, tough one. We should open every episode with accents. Ooh, accent every challenge. Summer. We should get a dialect with, coach. Based with on the, where we're racing. You know <laughs> what I struggle with is like the English, like you said, very easy. But the Welsh, the Irish, and the Scottish all blend in for me when they shouldn't because they're very distinctive. You just have to watch uh, David McCarthy. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and we had a we had McBurn. Like yeah, we should Mick. we should have Irish down. You should have no excuse. Uh, my agent's also Irish, so I should fucking be on that but i'm not unfortunately uh what do you think is the most attractive accent now we're, that we're here the, the, this uh predicament what's the most attractive accent to you guys personally from a man, male or female perspective? just from an overall perspective of like when you hear someone talk or in an, an accent you're like oh that's very like nice oh, to australian to. in new zealand <laughs> <laughs> thank you tom thanks tom uh like are we talking about speaking in english see this there's like yeah so that's a good qu- that's a good point because like <laughs> if they're speaking in like their native language is way more exactly you know? yeah. like it's not yeah. an accent over there <laughs> yeah but it's just like it's so i'm obviously thinking about cinta here in my head and i'm thinking am i do i get to consider her with an italian accent speaking italian because that's a very different story compared to like someone with like like a spanish accent speaking english you know mm. well you have that in one house cinta and mario that's why i'm thinking about all these <laughs> yeah. things i imagine that amore mm, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what about like we need to get Cinta to come on the pod and talk about when you start speaking fluent Italian, which is going to happen very soon for Morgan McDonald. I've already s- when he starts speaking fluent Italian and he goes to Italy, we'll see if they find his accent in Italian attractive. The answer I can already tell you is no. <laughs> <laughs> the Australian Italian is a unique. Yeah, that'd be a un- unique uh, crossover. Yeah. The, uh, no matter how hard I try, my Italian accent is whew, it's got a long way to go. Yeah. It's got a long way to go. Apologies. At to least Cinta. you can roll your R's. I can't do that. I'm shocking. <laughs> not going to try. Yeah, I can't. I just <laughs> I just got, sound like I'm throwing up. It's not easy. Keep trying. You'll get there one day. You'll get there one day. Could you do that one more time, actually? <laughs> <laughs> Ravioli. I can't do it. What's the opposite of ASMR? Yeah, we get the reverse ASMR. <laughs> yeah. On your Twitch channel. RMSA? Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to do maths very well. That's not math, is it? No, it's not. Is that, is that letters? It's letters. Letters? It's letters. Letters and numbers? All right. Well, as we get into today's episode, we have no bean shout out, but we do have a message from CEO Gus, and he says, if you enjoy the Coffee Club podcast, please consider like, comment, subscribe, turning on those post notifications, and leaving a review on Spotify slash Apple Music to help us grow and take over the world in 2024. Likes are free. Likes are free, and mm. they just make people happy. So our comments. We want to be the number one running uh, content, media, whatever you want to call it, in the world. Mm-hmm. So we want to be number one in 2024. 
that's our goal. That's our goal. Let's take over. So we have, I mean, we're going to spend a lot of time today previewing World Indoors. But apart from that, there is a smattering of other running-related topics, some cool racing this past weekend, being conference weekend, and then NCAA and some other stuff going on just dropped. So normally, for those who are listening, you might know this because we've kind of complained about it like, I think we complained about it last week. The big news of the week always drops like right after we film the podcast. <laughs> Today, some big news did drop about uh, Mr. Noah Lyle signing a mm. massive contract. Yeah, which there's actually no information about which is, it. Did you see the comments on like a lot of the posts? It's hilarious. It's just people's like, "Who cares? Like, we don't know. So why why should we care?" I think we should immediately publish that we have signed the biggest, the richest contract yeah. ever. Because That's people can't no prove can anything. Prove yeah. There's yeah. no transparency. Yeah. And then it's the biggest contract since Usain Bolt, they say. Which, yeah, just tells you nothing because Usain Bolt was on so many millions of dollars. Yeah. Also, isn't he, he was with Puma and this is an Adidas contract. Do they, would they know? Like, would, would the different company brands know? I think the, they, the they... The agents probably know. And the, yeah, the agents. a secret underground hive mind. Yeah, true, 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 true. Whoever's scripting the sport knows, I guess. Yeah. Technically, also, if we were to do a contract right after Noah Lyle signs, we would have the richest contract since Noah Lyle's contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would work. Yeah. But who are we signing? Us. Oh, we sign ourselves. ourselves. We sign Coffee the club signs, yeah. uh, signs their own. Im- yeah, yeah, we should do that for We're sure. We're giving ourselves an NIL deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first professional NIL deal. Yeah. Uh, good plans, good plans. So... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is there actually anything else to say about Noah Lyles? I, it, it makes sense that he would get it, a massive contract. It literally, like, I read, I read a few things about it, and it's all just like very marinated language of just nothing. Like, just all these adjectives and verbs about how, like, how it's, like big it is, how lucrative it is, but then it just doesn't tell you what it is, other than the Usain Bolt comparison. They don't mention a single outfit that he's going to wear in the next meets using this money as investment money. Yeah, pretty much. And, like, uh, he's got to name all his Dragon Ball Z characters, too, before every race. That's what I heard he has to do as well. It's contractual. Like, every a, Dragon Ball Z character. He gets a 10K bonus for every extra <laughs> Every character. extra character. But the thing <laughs> he is, he has to... No, he has he a reduction. It, if he, no, doesn't. he has a reduction, and he actually has to do it. when they, You know when they got on your marks, and they take about three hours to start? He has to do it then, and he has to do it in front of the camera. Every single Dragon Ball Z character before he gets in the blocks. You know in the box they raise their hand? Yeah. That's him forgetting one. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, oh, oh fuck, I forget one. He's just going to come down. Wow, I can't wait to see that contract one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some good stipulations in there. So, yeah, as as you guys just said, we have actually nothing to say about it. No, nothing. <laughs> Unfortunately. It'd be, I mean, we could speculate on the numbers, but it's just, it's, Do I we wonder. Know how much Usain Bolt made? They said like $10 million a year. At that time. And they're period. saying it, it's, it's as biggest, much? No, more? they're just saying it's the biggest since. So it's yeah. less than that. Okay. I, it has to be between one and two million. That's my guess. Yeah. But that's such a big range. It's all... Uh, Carl Merber had a good estimate, actually. Let me find it. it this Twitter. is all built up for the Netflix series. That's going to save track and field. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be... I, dude, I guess his value is... if as Assuming he's a main character in it, which he will be. Yeah. His value is going to skyrocket. So yeah, I guess yeah, they're yeah. trying to get ahead of that. Yeah, just build it up. So, Carl Membrane tweeted, in 2015, Andre de Grasse uh, signed a multi-year contract worth $11.25 million. If this is richer and through 2028, then it's safe to assume that the contract is at least, he, this, is a, this is a speculation, he said, but $2.3 million a year hmm. for no Lyles. So I was off, but that's, that's, that's pretty like, much. That's NBA minimum. <laughs> that's NBA yeah. minimum. Yeah, it's pretty like much. Was it Noah Lyles the one that was taking it to? Yeah, he was the one that got some publicity, and yeah, then other yeah, NBA yeah. players were hopping in and roasting him. Yeah. He was saying, "You guys ain't world, world champions. champions." Yeah, <laughs> so good, so good. That's well, that's our Noah Lyles talk for the day. Yeah. <laughs> we took him off the list. Yeah, Netflix sponsor us. Where we'll you uh, we'll promote that series. Yeah, give us our own series. Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll make it. We'll make it. Coffee Club cooler. Chronicles. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we did want to do today as a bit of a um, reflection, some behind the scenes, is a, just a brief interview of our manager, Tom Womtang. What was the new name? <laughs> Can I, should I say it? Yeah, so. Yeah, this is in the right moment. <sighs> Tom Owangatang. Hey, you got it right. <laughs> That's my new nickname for him. Um, so, yeah, Tom's been in town just helping us out with stuff. But the reality is Tom's been, like, 
helping us out since he was our number one fan from episode it's got to be like before episode 10 it was real early days when we didn't get that many comments he's been very prevalent in our coffee club world uh but recently since the start of this year or even a bit before that he's been yeah uh, even more formally involved and how has it been for you being the manager of the coffee club podcast i know it's a very very hard job Mm -hmm. having to be accountable to gus and uh managing the three of us boys on a week-to-week basis on a day-to-day basis no i'm i'm not even kidding when i say this it this is a dream job this is probably like the coolest thing i've ever done (laughs) i mean that really sincerely Mm. but um, because of the pay the pay is out of this world <laughs> i just have you were surprised when we when we you know you were surprised when we turned up with that massive truck full of yeah, briefcases and cash truck, gold. Yeah. yeah it's a yeah, gold I'm gus really, yeah it's a gold yeah gold statue of gus yeah, your no. new york apartment no but it's been uh it's been it's been a lot of fun i feel like the point of me is to kind of i mean you guys are professional runners um and that's like your number one thing that you have to focus on every day and there's so much stuff that coffee club could be doing, but you know, maybe wouldn't happen as quickly or happen as much if, or never happen or never happen. You can say it. <laughs> <laughs> we had time um, is a big constraint for us. Yeah. 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 Being a so, professional runner is like a, in some ways like a 24 seven job. Yeah. Um, so just being able to like be the extension of you guys and help you guys kind of scale some of the, the fun ideas we have, um, mm-hmm. which we could talk a little bit about, but yeah. yeah. I think the coolest thing I wanted to call out is just being, now that I'm just like the the middleman, the the layer in between kind of the facilitating fan interactions, um, that's been in like an amazing thing I've been able to bandwagon off of as far as like coming to some of the meets now and meeting some of the fans and just getting to see. I wish you could see some of the excitement like when you guys are warming up. Well, we do. We, we definitely you do. You do. You do. But there are like been like some just like little magical pockets of people pulling me aside and saying like, what you guys do is so part. So I guess getting me getting a, a glimpse of like a little taste of what you guys experience um, and getting to meet all the incredible fans has been, that's unreal. Mm-hmm. Well, we're extremely appreciative of what you do do because you summed it up very well where there is like a lot of stuff we can be doing. I mean, the way we treat this is like kind of a creative outlet and there's this, yeah, it's like there's so much we can be doing, but time is such a constraint for us for us most of the year. Like there are, there's a small part of the year where like we have more time, but then as soon as we get racing, traveling, all that stuff, like we really have had to put the podcast on the back burner in previous years. And I mean, in a kind of weird way, like it's been a bit lucky for the podcast that my injuries in the past has had me, has allowed me to have a lot more time, but hopefully no longer injured. So, uh, so it's just been like having you to take over all that stuff has been like so amazing for us. So we've really appreciated it. And we share that excitement that you have for all the stuff that we will hopefully begin up to this year. And that is in this past week, since you've been here, we have been kind of discussing brainstorming, all that type of stuff a little bit. Do you want to give a little preview for everyone listening for kind of the things that were, I would like the approach that we're taking. Cause we don't want to give too many details away yet. Yeah. No spoilers. And uh, we'll just have to bleep it out if I do give away any details, but I'll be pretty high level. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say we have some product development going on. And product planning as far as, like, releasing things. Uh, we've taken a... Uh, what's been fun while I've been out here is taking uh, some meetings and calls with uh, various local businesses and uh, establishments, <laughs> which I can, I'm trying to hold I back. love how you're just yeah. thinking about the right word to use we, there. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you can expect, as a coffee club fan, at least definitely a drop, likely, more likely, what we have in our heads... And we just have to execute uh, maybe four different drops of mm. uh, different things. And so you'll see a little bit more than we saw last year. Um, and these will be like more, a bit more expressive creatively and also hopefully useful to you uh, as fans. So that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have, uh, you know, we're in the early stages of thinking about what we want to do with the pen relays. Mm. Uh, where on is kind of the, the primary sponsor of the meet. Um, so that should be exciting. Uh, we're thinking about also, at least for that. And, um, again, we don't commit, we're not trying to commit to anything, especially you guys focus on racing first, but, uh, group runs where they make sense just cause those have been a lot of fun in the past. Um, am I missing anything? 
No, that's it in terms of, I guess, like the like extra product stuff. I mean, definitely the other thing that you've been huge with is just like keeping a more consistent flow of content, like especially short form Instagram type stuff has been great as well, which you continue to like where we always say this, like we're not like we're not running really like a business, but we're getting there. But it's very slow process. And a lot of what Tom has done so far has been like very content driven. Like we're never going to try We're never going to skip like content stuff for like other selling out stuff. Like we'll yeah. sell out after we get like all the content and all that stuff down. So that's kind of been the approach from that side as well. Yeah. We thought of it like first just focus on what kind of like little improvements we can do to the show. Um, and maybe that's just something that helps you guys do it more consistently or, or have less work going into the planning of it, but then also some of the fun games we've been playing. Um, and then also just some, what I call like YouTube hygiene, as far as like liking comments and uh, engaging with fans and uh, some of the thumbnail stuff, description stuff, title stuff. Uh, yeah, so you'll see you'll see some more of that. But once we kind of got that under control, we, you know, me coming here was to kind of get, get our hands dirty as far as the business side goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, managing expenses. We're going to start a bank account. Oh, this is this is kind of revolutionary, actually. I just thought of it. <laughs> um, and maybe if someone in our fan base knows a little bit about this, they could help us. But we had this cool idea. What if Coffee Club could be the source of your guys' health insurance plans? Whether that's like in the shape of like tax write-offs or just like your employee, your owners of this business and buy health insurance through some sort of like corporate policy plan, which is unique for runners. I don't know if you want to. Yeah. We don't really know how it works from a, from a starting a business standpoint, but as professional runners, as contract workers, unfortunately health insurance is not part of it. So we all like pay for our Mm. own health insurance. And I mean, it's kind of sad because like, it's just, it's just an extra expense and we all have like terrible health insurance. And the, this is the funny thing is you, when you think of a professional athlete, particularly using their bodies for their work, it doesn't get covered when you've got to insurance it. So yeah. it's like, that's the crazy thing for me is doesn't make much sense when you have a lot of brands out there signing athletes, but like... We do it, have a medical, we should... We, we have a medical budget. We do have a medical yeah. budget. But like insurance is like crucial in the US, I'd say. Yeah. Like to have health insurance and... Uh, like yeah. if, if, if something weird happened, like medically, you'd probably go home first to Australia where you have... Yeah, if Probably. it was like something healthcare, big, no. something yeah. expensive, have, I think you'd, you'd, you'd have yeah. to. Not Which, anymore. Coffee <laughs> <laughs> Club's going to save that. No, but it it would be like a cool, you know, we don't we don't pay ourselves really yet at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, well, most of the financing is going towards Gus and his uh, Gus, yeah. lucrative toys that he likes to buy. Yeah. One. yeah, which he calls investing in the business. Yeah, <laughs> investing <laughs> in, his, in his well-being, I guess. Yeah. So it'd be cool if, you know, the company had amazing perks and benefits. Mm. Like and then that. it could become a, a, like, health fund for professional athletes and we could transition into just mm. being an insurance company. Yeah, I think that's actually the goal <laughs> of all of this. Specifically <laughs> for, like, professional runners who don't get health insurance with their contracts. Very lucrative market. Yeah. I'm sure. So, yeah, that would be sick if that can happen. But uh, on top of that, yeah, lots of exciting plans for this year that we've been discussing together since Tom has been here, so... We're all pretty hyped to see them come into fruition and start just work building on them more. So, yeah, anything else, Tom? No. Shout out to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> do they listen? Yeah, they do. Well, maybe not. Actually, just when I'm on. Oh, that's so yeah. wholesome. Hi, Tom's mom and dad. Yeah, hey, parents. Uh, so moving on from Tom to... Uh, we said we were going to close the, the door on this one, but we still keep talking about it. Grant's girl. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, did we not cover this? Sometimes the end is just no, the beginning. No, we did cover this. No, we did? Yeah. Should we just cover it again? <laughs> no, we yeah, did. We? We did. I, I mentioned this to you when we were, we were playing it out, and I told you that I thought we already mentioned it, but you're like, no, it happened after the podcast because we kept things kept happening after the podcast. No. So what we're referring to, if anyone <laughs> uh, doesn't know, so Grant did go public with his relationship, but then we posted the reel after he went, yeah. That all came after. I'm checking the WhatsApp. No, no, we did. Like 100%, 110%. Because I remember us sitting here and saying, did we cause him to go public? Yeah. Like, were we the ones that made them go public? The Grants girls, like, idea pushed You're right. out of the light. If, yeah. Wow. So that's kind of a, 
strike for our manager who put that in yeah. the show yeah. notes today. It's good he's on the Let's show uh, though, because then we can like tell him that was a strike. Yeah, yeah. I can take the heat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, leave a comment below if you hate me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just going to be Grant's girl. That's going to be annoying. Well, I'm happy that Grant got a mention today, regardless. Yeah. But moving on from that, we are going to hop into our world indoors preview, which it's it's kind of a hard one to preview as we sit right now because uh, the I don't th- like. The fields aren't all out yet. The heats definitely aren't out yet. So our knowledge of who's racing just depends on each country, like putting out their list of like the teams that they've selected. And so we don't know like everyone and we didn't do the best research on this. But first I do have another, I have to rail World Athletics again for calling it short track because I tried Googling World Short Track Championships today and it just takes you to all speed skating stuff. Like they've they've already got that market cornered, and I didn't know that until today. But you Google that, and it's just all speed skating if you put in short track. So we had world indoors, and now we're trying to give that up. We're trying to give up the title of indoors and go to short track, but I don't think it's going to work, guys. So I'm going to call it the WSTs. world indoors. Yeah, WST. What is the long track for ice speed skating? I don't know if. I don't know is my answer. Well, like, okay, for swimming, for FINA World Championships, they have short course and long course for yeah. swimming, right? So it's very, very distinctive between the pools. Are they they're different pool lengths? Yeah. So 25 meters to 50 meters. But when you call it a short track, it makes sense. <laughs> but it's also like everybody already assumes indoors is, is a short track. Yeah. From like, how long, how long have we been running? How long has track and field been going for? Pretty long time. So like, At least since I was born. Yeah, so why are we changing it now? I think Sebi's maybe trying to appeal to new fans, but now these new fans are going to be confused because they didn't realize that we're all really good ice skaters now and we do short track ice skating. Jordy's been training in the, in the shadows. When I search world short tracks, I get NASCAR, <laughs> which might say <laughs> something layer, about me. Another layer. Maybe maybe everybody's just claimed short track and it's a fight for... It's uh, crowded. It's a crowded word. Yeah, it yeah. is a crowded word. What would you call it? We just call it indoors. Yeah, indoors. indoors. I love I love indoors. Yeah, I like indoors too. It's like, easy. You can't say shorties. You've got to say indoors, you know? <laughs> I think for the cycling, I, th- I don't know if they... I wonder if cycling does go to... I don't think they go to like a longer lap. I think it's just short races and long races on the same... I don't know what I'm talking about at all. Why am I even pretending? So, <laughs> I think... The premier premier event for us, like in terms of the most stacked at the top, is probably going to be the three k. Mm. And we do have our teammate Yared competing, which we are very hyped to see how he stacks up against some of the other best runners in the world. Because it, world indoors is interesting because it's really cool to see athletes do their maybe what like an event different from what they'll be doing outdoors. And so Yared is stepping up to the three k, and Josh Kerr. He's doing the same. Mm-hmm. And then the thing is, though, they are competing against literally the best 3K runners in the world from the Ethiopian squad. Well, I think there might be three of them, three Ethiopians competing because they had the winner from last time or because they had the whoever won the circuit last year or something. But I predict... So, Team America, oh, yeah. Yard, Olin, and Josh Kerr. <laughs> yeah, against so the world. US gets three. Yeah. I didn't realize US gets three. How does the US get three? Josh Kerr can, can compete for whoever. Oh, he's world champion. That's he why. Wants. Yeah, 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 yeah makes sense. But I think it's going to be a, an amazing race. I'm very interested to see how it goes out. From my experience of like watching, like the 5K outdoors and the 3K, it's just those the top guys like the Ethiopians that have run you know these 7:25 type times. They're just so fit. At some point in the race, if it's not necessarily the start, they just start dropping it down and dropping the hammer. And then it'll get really strung out. And oh, one thing that's cool about it is it is a straight final. So it's on um, the Saturday. I think the 3K is straight final for both the men's and women's. And so everyone will be fresh. And I think they'll just be going for it. And then it'll be a question of if they can run quick enough to either drop or dampen the strong finish of Josh and Yard. And the reality is Josh and Yard both could run a probably similarly fast 3K mm. time. So... Mm. Has has Yard run something longer than the mile, not at BU, like in a BU style race? That's a great question. He, he ran. I don't think so. He ran. Wait, so he's he's three k and five k were both, both at, BU. at BU. Yeah, and he ran the American record for the three k at BU last year. Mm. I I think 
I personally think Yarrow is in a better position for the 3K than last year, just purely off, like, his training, but also, like, how much he's grown as an athlete and as a competitor through running, like, 343 in the mile um, in the Dunning final. Like, watching that race and how determined he was, I feel like you who will go into this one have been like, this is a world championship, I want a medal, like, he'll be extremely determined. And uh, when Yarrow's on, he's on. Like, I think he's going to be pretty hard to beat. Whereas with Josh, like we just saw him run a world record with a two mile. So, you know, he's in great like mental and physical strength to take on the Ethiopians. But like when I was in Serbia last year and watching those Ethiopians control the front of the, the race, you just know like indoors, like oh, it's just so hard to move. It's so hard to get around people. Um, like for me personally in the 1500 um, at last world indoors, like I was trying to make a move for a medal and I just couldn't physically like even get near like going around them. So if they're going to be going out like aggressively, like they usually do in the three game, five K it'll be extremely hard to make any moves regardless of how good you are at closing. But if the two guys that can do it, just definitely Josh Kerr for the U S and as well as, uh, Yard Nagus for the U S like <laughs> it's going to be really exciting to see the Americans, uh, toe to toe with the Ethiopians. So I'm really looking forward to that. The cool thing about both Yared and Josh is they're not afraid to run from the front. Like yeah. when they're on, even if it is the three K as opposed to, the uh, the 1500 of the mile so yeah I really don't think they'll be afraid of that but yeah you're right indoors does have much more of an advantage of leading like into the last lap so yeah I think there will be oftentimes there is a fight for like having that like that primo spot like first place like going into the bell so maybe the fireworks will be going off a little bit earlier because I mean that is how like Josh Kerr likes to race like that. Mm. I mean, uh, when he won World Champs, that was more of a late move, but that was because he's racing Jakob, I guess. But he likes, when he's feeling good, he likes to go to the front and be kind of that dominant athlete. And Yard's not afraid of that at all. So, mm. um, You know who's got great moves? And I say moves as in multiple at the end of a race. Who? Owen Hacker. Owen. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. want to see him chop it up. That's the thing. The thing with it being a straight final is like everyone is there and everyone's like in it. I think it's just a field of 15. I think I think it's going to like rip at some some point early on or like halfway, but if he can like stay with it. Opportunities come through. Yeah. USA's were just so good. He's so. got three or four moves at the end of any race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he already sa- saves a couple just for the end, so. Literally changing gears. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be so good to see. And, um, yeah, I don't, he would hate, he would hate if he knew that I revealed this information to the world, but I asked Yared, <laughs> I asked Yared what he thought his chances of winning were, and he said 50-50. 50-50? Uh, <laughs> I was expecting a high percentage. That's extreme, to win world champs, 3k? What? That's pretty um, high. And ha- was he making eye contact? Was he just... Did you do that was little he, laugh Was he afterwards? doing the dishes at the same time and just giggling? Or? <laughs> Did you do the laugh? There was a little giggle with it. Yeah. But I think that means it was honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's him. 50-50, I, mean, I would say. If going into winning what, like... Yeah, I guess, but you, you didn't ask George Beamish if he's going to win the 1500. What do you mean by that? I asked him. What was his chances? He said 93%. <laughs> 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 yeah, he said the 7%. He's very confident. He's very seven confident. Dis- yeah, the 7% just depends if he gets COVID or not on the trip over to Glasgow. Mm. Fair enough, fair yeah. enough. I mean, that's a question that really is also just revealing of the character, of whoever you're asking. Because I think there's a lot of athletes who would, like, they would, I don't know if insecure is the right word, but they would not want to give, like, a low percentage based on, like, just ego type stuff. Like, Jakob is obviously never saying less than 100. Like, he's posting yeah, 110. 110%. I mean, I think when you're going in to compete and trying to, you know, win a race, you're not going to be like... Oh, I, I get a 23% chance of winning. You're just going to be like, I, I'm going to go try and win. I'm going to back myself, you know, back my... Well, it's like a, stere- no, it's a stereotype of you elite professional runners like that you have to have the athlete's mindset of like, I have to believe I can win, win. every single yeah. race that I enter. Well, my point is Yared is not that person. He'll just give an honest answer based on training. Yeah. and it, Like he's, he's, he's not that person. Yeah. You guys know that. So him saying 50% is like, that's pretty good. Yeah, I was <laughs> right. That's a uh, what's that in Vegas? Like, that's pretty good odds. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll uh, be paying close attention to that one. On the women's side, I don't actually know who's racing apart from Josette Norris, Josette and, and uh, El Pure. Yeah, I actually don't know. But I'm sure there's going to be a lot of good. Um, is Jess African in the 3K women. or mile? Jess is in the 3K. Linden Hall for the uh, Australia is in the mile uh, three, 1500. 1500, yeah. 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 We're sending only women and then one man, Curtis Marshall, in the pole vault. Shout out, Curtis. Good mate. 
Um, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so Jess is doing the 3K. Yeah. Oh, I, she'll be like dangerous, super dangerous as well. Yeah, she'll be dangerous. Puree will be dangerous. Josette will put, Jojo will put her nose in it. So, um, I mean, the, the women's 3K, I feel like will be much more of a, like, I feel like they just go out, like those African women just go fucking ham. They just go hard and go after it. So it will definitely be a ball buster. Um, for both, I reckon. That's my opinion. I think both men and women is going to be really quick 3Ks and couple because of ball it's busters. a couple of ball busters. It's just going to be busting balls. Um, mm, balls the ball will right. be rolling, you know? Yeah, the ball will be rolling. And uh, both 3Ks are going to be very fast. So Yeah, best of luck to our teammate Josette out there. Yeah, Hope she crushes it. And then our other teammates are in the men's 1500. We have George and we have Mario Garcia Romo and... I the thing with the fifteen hundred, there are heats and finals in that one. It's Friday, Sunday, two heats, uh, two rounds, just just heats or, and finals. Okay, yeah. And the thing with the indoor fifteen hundred is it's such a tactical, chaotic race. Like it's it's just like you never know how it's going to play out. Often they like to run slow. Um, I don't even, like again. We don't really know what the field is looking like for this one because so many of the good fifteen hundred meter runners are stepping up to the three k, but. I assume there's going to be some really good Europeans in it on top of uh, our boys, but it's it's definitely that type of race where it's like if you get it right on the day, like you can fucking go and crush it. And mm. the U.S. has Hulk Cocker and um, Hobbs Tesla yep. representing them. And I think those two, if, like it, it's just there's so many people in the pool of like can win or can medal in the 1500. It's, it's definitely like if you were a gambling man, you would not bet on the 1500. You just wouldn't like you'd bet on the three k. I would I would be more comfortable putting my money I would bet on in the three k, <laughs> um, particularly with the three Americans in there. Um, but when you look at the fifteen hundred, like any any if it's like Morgan said, the right time, right day, right moment for you, and you could you could win it. So um, I feel like that's gonna be very exciting to watch because it's really just sort of more up in the air. I do think George it favors George a lot. Mm. I think he could go out there and do something really crazy if I, if, if I things agree. go right on the day. Just be, like with his clothes, like if he's there, like it can be, it'll be crazy. But like the fifteen hundred does have a lot of people who can close well, but George, he can he can really bring it. So uh, I think he can go there and have a lot of success. And what a cool, unique experience just to be for him to be able to go race a fifteen hundred out of World Champs. I don't think he like necessarily would have expected that he'd be doing that mm. so cool it's been like he's he like <laughs> checked off the bu 5k <laughs> checked off the milrose games two mile he's on a campaign he is it's, yeah, beam, he is. it's the bean pole bean image yeah <laughs> uh, bean pole 2024 <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's been crushing it i see dude i don't even know who's racing the women's 1500 um yeah Lyndon hall yeah. Linden Hall, Linden Hall for, the dub. for Australia but is that's the exciting like thing about it I think is that I think it's going to be a lot of opportunity for people to come through and, and have amazing races like a world championship is a world championship so mm-hmm. um, you know like Hobbs Tesla is the world running champion in Red the world running so yeah. oh we didn't even re-shout out uh, our two favorite YouTubers in the 15 the boys Fog Dog and Athlete What's his name? Oh, I forget it. He Callum is Co- Copenhagen. The Distance Project. The Distance Project. You know who's not running? Who? In the 800 meters. Oh. Uh, yeah, this is the sad news that, come, that has come out. Is um, Guy Lermoff. I don't know if I'm saying his na- name right. So he is coached by Renaudi. And so I get the privilege of seeing all of his... Uh, 800 workouts posted on instagram which i if you're like into 800 um running at all you have to focus jr because you have to sorry follow jr because he just he's so transparent with like all the stuff that these guys are doing and he coaches people like all around the world and they're all like slightly different athletes so it's really cool to see but very sad story that came out um was that guy did not get picked to represent the uk and he is a Scot. He is a Scot, so it's like would be a home championships for him. And I I don't know if this is true exactly, but he's thirty one. I'm not sure if he's re- maybe retiring after this year. And it's just he he was very uh, open about his uh, what's the word? He's uh, how snub. he felt about yeah this snub. He said that let let me do some quotes from him. It was a really emotional post, which I think is kind of rare. Yeah. 
Well, because maybe maybe it is because he's getting to the end of his career, and like the fact that there is discretion in picks for uh, these teams and like outdoor, like the Olympics. Like, yeah, you kind of have to make sure that you don't piss off the wrong people. Mm. So it's really hard to be open about how you feel at times. But he's just gone ahead and he said like he. So just for context as well, like he, I don't think he had the time, but he had the ranking and he did come second at um, the the trials. So like they could have picked him and they. They chose to leave him out because they have a really, I think, like focused, like they want to p- take people that like according to their stupid calculations, like will be top eight of the championships, which I mean, we know how it goes in like especially the 800 or the 1500. It's like you c- it's not like you guys know exactly how it's going to play out. But yeah, his response was just saying that it was absolute nonsense, illogical, toxic and 100 percent personal. And uh yeah, I don't know what else to say from it apart from another UK athletics just like. Doing such, it's just so, it just goes against, I think, so many of the things that, like, we love about this sport in terms of, like, you know, giving people a chance and being inclusive. And it's, like, it's just such a no-brainer. Like, this guy has won, I think he's won, like, 10, like, you know, national titles in the 800 between, like, indoors and whatever. He's he's from there. Like, just what's... Like I guess it maybe costs a bit of money to bring him. Like that's like the the cost to them. But apart from that, like, what are you what are you trying to do here? I mean, they I know they have this aggressive policy in terms of only picking certain athletes that they think are gonna like get certain results. But I mean, you just don't know. It's like what message are you sending to? Well, one, your athletes who are trying to make these teams, and then also the fans at your home meet. You should be proud and trying to. Mm. Encourage. Yeah, you're missing the point there, aren't you? Heroes, yeah. I love how direct he is. He said, like, to the organization, he says, this is an amazing sport that is being killed off by people in power that have no right to be there, nor any common sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, that's someone... Okay, so this is the sad reality with our sport is a lot of people by the end of their career, like, you know, they're pretty jaded because they have so many things like this that happen to them. And then, like, those words have probably been bottled up for many years. Mm. And I think... Trying to play nice to probably make teams. Yeah, and now he's just like... It's like the the straw that broke the camel's back. And it's just like, man, let it out and let him... Give him some shame because it's just like... Yeah, I think it just goes against so much of what... um, Yeah, like, the message that they should be trying to promote of the sport and trying to make a good experience for for the athletes and the fans out there and all that. It's just like, that sucks. So, yeah. Not to keep harping on it, but uh, if we were to give him advice, maybe you could follow what Josh Kerr did and become a, an American citizen and represent. <laughs> that would be the easy the option U- because I like the U.S. I think there's a lot of... seven athletes th- on... There's a, lot of, there's a lot of issues with USATF. Like, there are a lot of issues with them. But the one thing they do do well is with their selections... It's very, very cut, like very not cutthroat, very, very straightforward. I feel like they don't, um, usually you don't usually hear in the U.S. Um, track and field world of people getting left out, like in situations like this, they get selected. Josette Norris, for Was example, it? and Owen Hacker, like didn't have the standard. They had the, they got the ranking, sent them. Like I think, obviously, there's money involved, and USATF is making good money compared to other federations, but. It is a good message to send that they're giving these athletes these opportunities to represent at the world stage because you don't know when, like, this this could be your last world team. You just don't know with your career. Like, you could be fortunate enough to represent them years and years and years later, but this could be an opportunity that you might not get again in indoors or in outdoors or in, in a road championships or whatever, mm-hmm. or the Olympics. So um, that's tough. And, that like, a lot of athletes sacrifice a lot and... A lot of athletes aren't lucky enough or privileged enough to have like what Noah Limes has with his like million, multi-million dollar contract. Like some people just aren't that lucky yeah. and they put a lot of effort and emphasis into being able to represent their, like their country. That's the biggest honor you can have in the sport. And it's just tough when you you have, you have read something like that and you're just like, wow, like that's very disheartening. Is it, for UK athletics, don't they? I don't know if they talk about their money situation, but isn't their money situation like really poor? But they kind of externally say, oh, it's about, you know, metal or bust. <laughs> they have they have issues with their budget in the past. Yeah. Like they've had issues, right? Like the way the way it works with federations and money is so confusing to me. The only ones that really make good sense to me is USATF, and even then, like I don't fully understand how that works. 
because they get so much money from like um, donors and mm. and like that goes to their foundations. Well, I think in like a big, they but, get a big sponsor deal. But then, yeah, well, that's what I was gonna say. USA TF, it seems like compared to all the other federations, works much more like a business where they're able to like bring in a lot of money through both sponsorships uh, and then also like the activities that they do. And by that, I mean like the meets that they put on. Like I think they make a crazy amount of money through. Um, like, do you, don't you need, like, a USATF membership to, like, compete as, like, a kid in, like, all these events? An adult. Like, an adult. Yeah. I think to be an official, too. So, they, like, they, as the governing body, like, they get all this money from, like, so many people. And then they can, like, function more like a business and kind of decide, like, where to put that money to try, uh, I guess, make more money. Because that's what businesses do, well, I they suppose. Invest it, they, <laughs> they invest, invest in it in athletes. their athletes. Like, yeah. Kyle Membrane had a good tweet about this. He said, pretty good market, like, want a pretty good marketing idea? Bring the hometown hero. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's it's 100% true. Like, I think the interesting thing is as well, like, a lot of Australia is doing a good job of this now. Like, it's better. But, like, a lot of youth stuff. Like, I think um, I was talking to Dathan, and the USATF set up a lot of youth programs, and they get, like, some of the athletes to come in and, like, run some youth camps, whether it's in that shitty place like Eugene or, like, around like the country um i think dathan took his um kids to like a lot of those usatf like running camps or whatever they are and like they sell merch there that's very expensive and there's like a line out the door of parents buying that shit so like they're they're doing well like with the youth in that sense and that's how they probably get a lot of their money too is is um creating these events and and getting kids to see like like imagine if you're a young sprinter and you see fred curly like doing drills with you it's like amazing you know like i don't know if uk athletics is uh fortunate enough to like do that with a lot of their athletes i'm sure they try i'm sure australia is trying to do the same thing but like the same thing like you're just at maybe you're at doing the thing in the new york armory and you're a young american middle distance runner and you have josh kerr like doing strides with you like it's amazing oh, ollie you did that. oh yeah i did you that actually, as well yeah. you literally went to an armory camp yeah i did that it was amazing yeah but the the difference that i see and again like i don't actually know how this works with other federations is like so usatf is more like accountable as a business i mean and they cop a ton of heat for that because like you know with how much they pay max siegel etc cetera, etc cetera. but it seems like other federations they get more of their money from just the government so if you're if you get more of your money from the government it means i think it i think it means like so it's the crown it's actually <laughs> the royal family we should be <laughs> the, complaining yeah. about like uh, i think it means that like the it's not necessarily run as well of a business and it means like i mean i don't know how a country decides like the government decides how much money they're going to give to each sport and stuff like i know that that's how we get a lot of our money from in australia is through like government funded and i know in the past that's how uk athletics has gotten a lot of its money is like government funding i think i knew they used to get a lot of their money from like the the lottery like mm. that's that's what would pay for all the athletes wow. which is kind of random but uh, yeah, when it becomes like that, I, like I don't even know how they decide how to manage their money, and if they're in a bad money situation, like I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I mean, maybe that that yogurt cup thing didn't really work out. The yogurt sponsor. Yeah, remember they had all their athletes on the yogurt cups. <laughs> what company was that? I can't even remember. What was it? It was like Yakult. Yakult. No, no, it wasn't Yakult. No, it was a really big one. Was it Gogurt? <laughs> it wasn't Gogurt. Oh. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember which one it was, but I remember they were all in the car. Like, I've seen Laura Muir on it on yeah. some yogurt ads. Yeah, she did some yogurt. Um, yeah, no, what, I thought who I should the pitch them a sponsor? Who should sponsor? Who should they partner with? Uh, UK, the royal family. Just get like uh, Prince. Um, what's his name? Charlie. Get Prince Charlie to come in and do. Is some he the Epstein one? No, that's um, that's Jeff. Jeff is the Epstein one. I mean, they're probably all something to do with that but anyway <laughs> do you Charlie, think the royal family like has a lot of money to do something that, like that that one last line is gonna get us they all have something to do with oh that. you just We're don't done. know you just don't know with like <laughs> just kidding i mean wasn't there some stephen hawking thing as well <laughs> wasn't there some list that came out i don't know there was, yeah, yeah, there there was. was a list like who we fucking knows it actually, it's business or it's it's doing dumb shit and horrible shit but my point with the royal family tom if i can get to my point it, <laughs> is that what they should do is partner with the royal family. They have all this money. They don't pay taxes. So they, they probably got a lot of money, got a lot of land, could sell it. And then they could do like some sort of like, let's get Charlie fit 
King Charlie fit or we can get Prince William fit and they can do like swimming lessons or I don't know, just do something <laughs> like that. Swimming lessons of flutes athletics. Yeah. And then and then <laughs> they can just do that like, you know, oh look at the royal family. They're like so down to they're earth. Out for they're, a jog. they're out for a jog with with Jake Whitecastle. And then you can know uh, they can just like, oh we'll just put a billion dollars in and then that could fund like youth Ooh. programs. What does the royal family kids. get out of it? Uh making them look like they're more like with the people. Uh like yeah. good PR. Yeah, good PR. They're paying for good PR. Mm-hmm. Isn't most of their stuff philanthropy anyway? Like that's like kind of the only thing they charities and philanthropy. Yeah, I mean they could just do to be a charity. <laughs> it's like oh, we're gonna do do a charitable donation to the UK track and field. I wonder. Good how, work. I can't wait to see what our British fan base thinks. Yeah, that'd be interesting because I'm. I think out of all of the federations, UK um, federation has been definitely scrutinized the most the past few years. Yeah, they've been getting roasted. I know, I know, but they're not the only ones. I know Team Canada, for example, Mm. has had really hard selection criteria for, like, I think even for World Indoors, maybe they had Ireland too. And, uh, like, in the Com Games and stuff, they've had at times just crazy hard criteria, but it's all based on money stuff that we don't really understand. Yeah, I I must say, yeah, there's probably stuff that we're missing out because we usually usually don't. No. We usually don't tick every box, but I think Ireland also had, like, issues with criteria. Like, there's people with selection policy that was hard. Last make about it. We should. What do you think about us becoming a country? Becoming starting an athletics fed- club, starting an athletics federation. Uh, yeah, we could do that, but where we're going to situate our country? We need to find like somewhere to, to base I have some land. But but the land. Well, we have to fight the U.S. for it. Yeah, it's not in the U.S. Offshore. Where, where we'll talk it? offline. Okay. okay. <laughs> offline uh, in the Discord. <laughs> we'll That's online, out. actually. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Off just just appear offline in the Discord, but you're online. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So UK athletics, come on, do better. Come on. The thing is, like, the thing is, is so you must know when you make that decision. It's like when the when the news outlets find out about this one, we're gonna get fucking roasted, mm. and they still do it. Which I guess, like, you're not gonna do everything to please the news outlets. You're gonna do it based on your uh, agenda, whatever yeah. that is. But yeah. they just must have known this was coming. They must be immune to it. They must be like, yeah, we're gonna get bad press. But at the end of the day, what are they gonna do? They can't get rid of us. We exist purely for you guys to be able to go to the Olympics and world championships and all these other championships. Like, you can't get rid of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. World Indoors this weekend, Friday to Sunday. Mm. I Tune have no in. idea how to watch it. Probably NBC in America. You can watch it on something that we might have. Oh, yeah. yeah. Discord. The Discord. Streaming. Streaming live. I'm winking. For my audio listeners, I'm winking at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one... Uh, Sweet race this past week was down under at the uh, is it the crest Bankstown? Mm. Host some amazing 1500 meter races there, and once again, they came through with the goods. White Castle that was I we didn't we re- did not know that that was part of his travel plans, but he did he did uh make a lovely appearance there and he went for it. They had really good pacing. Uh, I know Charlie Hunter was one of the paces, I think they went through 800 and it was, it was quick, it was like 52 53 ish. White, uh, White Castle was getting after it, but coming out on top, our boy Cam Myers, the 17-year-old, running a 3.33, I think he's second time getting the Olympic standard. I don't think that was his PB. I think he still ran faster during last European summer. But it, once again, sparked some great debate on just how amazing of an athlete he is going through his PBs at the at the age of 17. It's just... He's crazy to see. And, I mean, he's just, like, he seems like such baby a chill, boy. cool. Yeah, he's, like, got a kind of like a baby face as well, and he's just 17, just crushing it. It was so cool seeing all the images and the video from the meet with how many fans were out there. Like, the fact that he's doing this all locally in Australia is, like, so amazing. Actually, it was the fastest time ever on Australian soil, I think. Yep. The fact that a 17-year-old is doing that, like, just amazing to see and yeah he's really getting the fans out there engaged in it so cool to see um was it citrus mate that posted the graphic mm-hmm. comparing his times to Jakob's times at the age of 17 and they're very very similar mm. i think he actually comes out on top he, by a little he bit he does come out on top except for the probably something longer. mile maybe no there's one there's they're one. very similar i think he's faster for like everyone but one right the mile he is point um, it, he's point four, uh, three fifty two, forty four, and Jakob ran three fifty two twenty eight, at seventeen years and eight months old. So crazy. My question for you guys was, what were your PRs when you were seventeen, yeah. and eight months old? Hmm. That's a tough question. I don't think I broke two minutes in the eight hundred. I hadn't. I know that. 
Um, I think in the fifteen hundred, I was Wait, like what was your eight? Well, three fifty six or something. No, you were faster than that. Faster than that. Well, what was I? My my eight hundred PB was two point oh point oh three. I just know that because I steal my PB, <laughs> <laughs> and I ran that when I was about like fourteen or fifteen. I know that, like, I turned eighteen after right after high school, so probably at that time, like around that time. My PBs were probably 345 for the 1500, f- like 1410-ish for the 5K. So my, I don't think my 3K was under 810, though. Mm. I know in your last year of school, you ran a quick 3K. 809. Yeah, I know you had a really good... Is that the one you on came YouTube? Visit. There's one on YouTube that pops up every now and again. Is it oh, when Ra- Matt Ramsey now kicks me at the end? No, no, no. It's like you, you just take off and you're like a lap ahead of everyone. It looked like some sort of like school. No, that battle. would have been like a, like an APS or something. Yes, yeah, CIS. Yeah, thank CIS, you very much, GPS boy. Um, it's like a little mini Ollie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like to be like, I think 345 was what I want. I, I won open state and I beat Jeremy Roth, who was like an amazing runner. Um, and I ran 345. And then I ran 809. And that's how I got recruited to Wisconsin. Whereas if I had those times now, I would not even get into college, I don't think. So that was around when you were 18 No colleges. Well. Yeah. You wouldn't uh, no, I wouldn't 18. get in. I just, I just was not quick enough. <laughs> so it's kind of crazy now. But um, so that means that like a year older, because that's how I know my PBs are. And for Morgs too, like well, I was a, probably a year older than Cam Myers and he's run uh, 12 yeah. seconds quicker than me in the 1500. It's like hard to comprehend being that. That's quick. like a hundred, the four hundred meters, probably, hundred or ninety meters or something like that. <laughs> it's, pretty <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and also I'm pretty sure he's. I mean, we said this before. I think he just trains like normal. I don't think he does like anything you, crazy. If someone's young and they're so successful, you want to think like, oh, they're like doing this crazy shit. Like kind of how Jakob, like kind of Jakob's story a bit. I think Cam Myers is just like I don't, I don't know. He seems like very do well you, trained. Do you know anything about like who he trains with or what his he group is? Trains Dick, with Jai Edwards, Dick, uh, Dick Telford, who is an incredible coach, lovely, lovely person too. Um, Jai Edwards was a US, keep saying US, Australian Olympian. He won the Olympic trials. He's in come back into really good form yeah, now. As he well. ran three thirty four in that race. Okay, so like he's extremely good. Um, three forty nine the mile as well for Jai. Um, so they, he's got a good training, like good training program. Like he's got good people around him, and I think. Dick is also like, and also like he's made really smart decisions because last year when he was crushing it in Europe, everyone was like, oh, he's going to run Budapest for sure. And he posted on social media, Cam saying like, I'm going to like, I've been racing a lot, doing a lot of stuff. Like I'm going to take some time down now to get ready for 24. Like that's extremely mature decision to do at that age because you just think like if you're crushing, you're like, oh, I'm going to get run worlds. Like I can do it. Like, yeah. But he's like taking that time to process like where he is. Um, at you his gotta age. hit puberty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's still gonna get through puberty. He's still gonna be able to talk to girls and like be able to progress with that. And like this fame's gonna help him with that for sure. But um, I will say, just to like not to take him down at, at all, but it is pretty fortunate he has Jake Whitecastle to be his rabbit like three races in a row. That is how you're going. gonna run fast times, but mm. still, I mean, like, no, no, I, I don't mean that in like a. Yeah, no, hey, that's pretty cool. Like, it's, course, it's good to gonna, seize the opportunity for sure. Because like uh, you could say this, like for example, great story is, is Adam Spencer. Um, like last minute finding out he was in the Diamond League, didn't even like comprehend or focus on race, ran three thirty one. Like if you take opportunities like that when you're in a fast race and you and you have good people around you and you're just going for it, you'll be amazed at what people can do. Which is like the cool thing about the sport, but also like it's great to see people take that opportunity. And it looks like Cam, as well as like Whiteman as well, because he's been injured and coming coming back into it. Like he's taking advantage, full advantage of, of racing and, and competing. And like, that's just a great aspect of our sport. Like, so it's good to see, like, it's not just um, Myers, like a lot of Australia, like that Jesse Hunt. Yeah, I was going to give a shout um, out to Jesse Hunt. 333. Six. Was it 33? I thought it was 34. Oh, it might be 30. I'm no, not sure. I, no, he beat Jay. Well, yeah, you're yeah, right. 3336. Three, he came second. Yeah. Shout so, out to OEC Oceania. So he, like, he's crushing it. Um, Craig Buster's done a great job down there. Obviously, ever since being on um, our podcast, he's definitely taken a lot of knowledge and been that able to. That was a step up. Yeah, been able to train you're train welcome. these guys. You're welcome, Buster. I'm sure you've been listening every week since you've been on. Um, but um, no, you take advantage of that. And, like, it looked like it was really great conditions, good pacing. Like, it's amazing to take. And that's cool for our, like, Australia. And I, th- and I think Morgan will agree with this is like we have such great history but also like great athletes that come through in the mid-distance distance but like we've never seen 
the amount of attention and fan base that we've seen in the recent years, particularly with Cam coming through as well as Stewie. Um, and obviously Morgan and I are trying to do our part over in the US. But it's amazing to see our country um, have that kind of excitement about that of those events. Like, it's really, really cool to see because I remember when I was young, I'm not sure, like, maybe Morgan has had different experiences, but I never th- saw that that engagement with any athletes um, in, in our events. And, like, that's a really exciting thing to, to have and hopefully it will continue to build and we can continue to have, like, these amazing performances that come through in Australian soil. Yeah, I think it can't, if you look, but when you look back through the history books, like, at this time period, it'll... I don't know if you could say like, oh yeah, it makes sense, but I think there will be like it's like a wave, you know. And mm-hmm. he's coming off the back of a wave of, um, like yourself, Stewie, just like amazing, just all these like fifteen hundred meter guys that are broken through on a world level, and then they're inspiring the youth. Um, I mean, like back when, let's let's take like Stewie for example, because he was kind of the first one for a while that started like competing in the Diamond Leagues at such a high level. I, it was probably back in when was it like twenty eight, twenty nineteen ish. Like Cam Eyes was like barely born like he was probably like <laughs> he was barely born. that was when he was born yeah. <laughs> so, birth so he's been able to grow up and seeing this stuff and be like oh yeah yeah i'll go out and i'll do that just mm. so i think it's all it kind of makes sense like collectively the bar is just being raised to such a high level and then uh we've we've seen it across the world a lot of great oh, wait before we leave Europeans. the meets. yes I just wanted to shout out the fans who had Jake Whiteman, yes. White Castle signing their oh, coffee yeah. club shirts yeah. and posting it. Please keep doing. Please keep sharing your fun coffee club merch pictures. Like I saw someone was uh, making a pour over, like pottery, like spinning wheel. Yeah, in pottery like, class. Yeah, and then another one, Eras Tour. tour. Yeah, coffee we club at the Eras Tour. We made it into the Eras Tour. So thank you, thank you. We'll keep reposting those. Let's see where the show can go. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I wasn't really saying anything. But uh, I said, can't remember uh, what I was saying. Around the world, back to... You said something like that. Maybe you're going to go back to World Indoors? I don't know. Definitely not. Okay. No, no, no. You said you were about to say Around the World. Around the world, <laughs> around the... Wait, what song is that? That's Daft Punk. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Oh, I was saying how... Um, like a cr- around the world, young kids have just like been absolutely crushing mm. it. And yeah, Australia I mean... Australia has their own version yeah, of it. We have our own guy. So... Yeah. See. We I'm should sh- we should set up a coffee club event where we have all the young guys just race each other in their own championships. Dude, like this is just guys, them, these, just them racing. I, I think it exists. I think it's like world youth and world yeah. U20s, <laughs> but, but they, but the really good ones are just racing it. Yeah, worlds. Yeah. They're just good world enough world. to race with the big dogs with the uh, with the older guys. That's the, the level that they're at now. So yeah, yeah, but awesome to see. Going to be very interesting to see how he was to progress being at such a. World class, world class level so early in the year at such mm. a young age. So we'll see what happens there. We'll be definitely paying attention. But back to the US, uh, there was a lot of conference action. And actually, I kind of lied in the beginning when I said we'd be covering a lot of it because all we're going to do is give a shout out to Wisconsin. Man, taking home the Big Ten title. Lots of great, great dubs out there. So yeah. well done, boys. Well done, Mick Fantastic. Byrne. Mick Byrne. smile on that love, man's face. And I love back to see back. that man's chin at the moment. Yeah, whatever he's doing with whatever his he's doing with his chin, it's obviously winning Big Ten championships. So Mick, you can do whatever you want. You, you can, can do whatever, whatever you want. want. Um, I feel like we don't actually have. I feel like we don't actually have that much more to talk about today. Uh, but can we shout out your mom? That's what I'm about. Oh to, yeah, yeah, the soccer marathon. Yeah. So, not like I mean, these Japanese marathoners are just absolutely crushing it and i might butcher the name but yeah. kyoto hirabayashi he's younger than nico young so i think he's like 21 or something i don't know how old he, like 21 debuts wins the race 206 18 mind-boggling Jeez, louise mind-boggling yeah and not that far behind him my mom 320 well done mom yeah well Shout done <laughs> Shout well out. done, mom. Gonna done. She uh, she said her legs felt great, but she had to go to the tent after for hypothermia check. Oh, she was all good, nothing wrong. But she's just a she's just a runner gal, and it was like five degrees and raining. Yeah, yeah, so that's not ideal wow, conditions. But conditions. she crushed it. She must have placed high in her age group, no? Yeah, I think so. She normally does pretty well. Yeah, mm. she does good. So we we well just me, me and Tom were having a little little. Uh, silent discussion about I do have a nickname for you as for well me? when it comes up to Wisconsin or with anything doing with the concert Morgan McBurn um, that's <laughs> that's a Mc, when any anytime we got to mention uh, Wisconsin and McBurn crushing it uh, coaching some amazing and talented athletes we got to we got to bring it around to Morgan McBurn I don't get it 
McDonald, McBurn. <laughs> for those for those curious, when while well, I've been here at the Coffee Club Summit, I've uh, I've spent a uh, we call them one on ones, you know, in, in individual unique time with meetings meetings with. Uh, we need our Tom time. Our Coffee Club. Oh, uh, Ollie and I just spent uh, three hours workshopping nicknames. <laughs> And this and is just what you waiting. get. We got a, we got some good ones coming out, but I mean, I like. I mean, the nickname that we we I love, which you made up, was Morgan McDickballs. I I love that nickname. Um, Wait, so is is Morgan McBurn my my nickname? Yeah, Morgan yeah. McBurn. You ch- you can ch- you when you channel his wisdom. Yeah, I love that. And his you, when you when you, you start to reflect on on the Wisconsin days and stuff, you're Morgan McBurn. Um, my one of my favorites. All time favorites of Morgan was when your monologue was posted. Like the first comment was just Morgan McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the McDonald, yeah, you can have some fun with that. Yeah, you can you can really do it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I can't wait to hear all those other nicknames that come out of the meeting. Yeah, now you guys got some good ones lined up. Oh, we we were we were bashing heads for three hours. So amazing. Well, is there anything else for us to cover today? I feel like it's been a. Um, mm. A kind of moderate news week. I'll give us. A, what about we do a little updates? Because I feel like um, I'd like to update on my side of my running. Please, I'm uh, I'm running Please. with the big boys again. We had a workout um, yesterday that I think Morgan and I would both agree was extremely hard because it's extremely windy and it was improvised because we changed from the original workout to this new workout and we both really enjoyed it because it made us extremely uncomfortable. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, but no, I'm I'm back training with the big dogs, and it was super fun, and I'm ripping it. And it's all these update is I'm back, baby. I'm, I'm back because <laughs> like the nice thing was closing out with some really fast reps, and I wore like spikes, and it was a very long session. So like for me, walking away from it, it definitely felt like I was um back where I should be. So and it was good because I I just got like when you're running with the fellas, particularly, you just get good vibes. And, it's uh, a lot better than running on your own. <laughs> yeah, and you just get really good vibes with with the fellas. And um, I just missed I just missed it a lot, and I wanted to share that with you guys. <laughs> well, we've been very impressed with uh, your rapid ascent back to the back to the crew because these workouts are they're they're legit. Yeah, they're they're not <laughs> fucking around. I mean, like literally, um, I think they're the uh, biggest workouts I've ever done. Yeah, as well, yeah, so. they're like the biggest. And I'm pretty sure even Joe mentioned he was like, "Damn, that workout was really like big." Yeah. But um. I, Joe posted a cool little uh, screenshot of like on his watch. It tells you where he's at. And it just says exhausted on <laughs> his watch. Can we so shout out his pizza real quick? Oh yeah, we should talk about that. Most. Pizza night at, at the Cleckers. So Tom Wang is the one who's been, I would say the most like deeply <laughs> impacted by this, which is says a lot because he's, he's a New Yorker. New York, good pizza. It's just, you know, My everyone nickname, knows it. Freshman year of college was pizza. pizza. <laughs> really? Yeah. Pizza. Like, so Joe as everyone would know, is a aspiring baker. I think he's really going to open up a shop at one day and he's been working on... Joe's Pizza. Joe's Pizza. It's just perfect. He's been working on his sourdough bread a lot, but then also on the side, he's been working on his pizza dough recipe and he, for his... Sage got him a... Birthday? Yeah, it was his birthday. Sage got him a a nice pizza oven. Um, Great gift. Great gift. Yeah. So good. That'd be a good sponsor. Uh, Get us some pizza ovens. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Tom, work on that. I'm going to... Yeah. But... So he's been putting it to the test as of late, and he invited a few of us over. He made like ten pizza doughs, like a big amount. He said he said he's very nonchalant about it. He's like, "Yeah, no, this is easy. This is what I do." <laughs> and, uh, and and then he whips out like three giant plastic containers of like perfectly perfect doughs. Dough. Yeah, absolutely perfect. And he he went all out for us. Like it was amazing. Like he went and got all the toppings, the beautiful like the nicest quality toppings, and just starts whipping them out. Heats the oven up, gets up to about I think eight hundred degrees Fahrenheit. So perfect temperature gets the pizza paddle out stretches the dough and it's just like he's just making the most simple pizzas uh but they just tasted absolutely amazing and it was fantastic so so much to do with just his dough it was just like absolutely amazing i Mm. couldn't i couldn't breathe after it (laughs) i i if you my my, i I was i was just texting everybody i knew about the pizza i just i was looking at pizza ovens like online after it and then one joe Joe to teach me my pit my question is morgue's cinta the italian what was her what was her because like she you know this is this is her i didn't know what she was yeah this is i want to know her her uh hot like her takes from it not hot takes but her takes no she definitely loved it i mean i don't want to be down and maybe not as much as tom did (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> because I think in Italy it's 
it's the bar is so high. There. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's at an it, like almost unreachable level, I'd say. And you probably it, probably if you do it in Italy, it's like cheaper to go out and buy it than go to that Whole Foods a, and get the ingredients to do it. That is a component <laughs> of like the the beauty of Italian cuisine in Italy, like the the simplicity to it, and then the like. It's local just all touch. the raw ingredients, just, the local stuff. It's just so amazing there, like, and they don't muck about, like, they know what they're doing. The they Italians do know what they're love doing. to talk about how much cheaper it is than everything mm. over here and how much better. I love to talk about yeah, it. it yeah yeah it's because you're like, Italian now it's true you're pretty much Italian now no it's just like the most amazing thing it's like why isn't why doesn't the rest of the world work like this you know it just brings you so much joy and happiness to have such amazing wholesome yummy food at like not outrageous prices mm. maybe we should move the team to Italy I'm down Morgan asked me like that night how does this compare to because we went to when we were in Napoli we, we went to one of the you know famous local spots like the, what was the it all called? Time I can't remember. Not Michelangelo's. No. Um, was it Pizzarelli's? <laughs> um, eat pray love. It's the one from <laughs> it was eat, eat pray, pray love. love one. Uh, and he asked me just straight up, like, how does this compare to it? And I was like, it's really close. Yeah. Maybe better. Which is crazy, because that's like, that's the type of. P- I mean, when you're talking about that type of pizza, you're talking about like the best you may ever have in your life. Mm. Joe's you're approaching a, that jo- territory. Joe's a really good runner. So, you know, one of the best all time, right? Yeah, I might, I might have to say his pizza is better than his running. Oh, Ooh, that's, that's a huge take. That's not, that's, that's not crazy. a, that, that's not a knock on his running. No, no, but like just the extensiveness of how much you love these this Donny's pizza, you might have to. He's like, got a future in it if he wants. I mean, I, you did, you did ask for a bit of his starter. It's in, it's in I the know, back of I'm my gonna, car right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that as well. Yeah. I'm gonna hop on the bandwagon. Yeah, I'm thinking of doing it as well. When I know. We all left thinking we're buying pizza. But the thing <laughs> is, I need to learn like how to like. I probably start with bread first, start making some bread, and then move to dough because I feel like dough for he me. He said might... the dough is actually easier. Really? He did. I and I believe it is like the cooking and the. Mm. Well, that's but the I, dough was so good that makes me so nervous. Good. You know that yeah, I'm like, so like not gonna. I be. think he's. I swear he's definitely withholding some magic touch. <laughs> like there's no way he can just. He does so drugs. He does use. We went to um, dry storage. Morgan Sinter myself and then Joe and Sage were also there and then he was buying like the um, flour from there so maybe yeah, that really flour, flour is really really good like he's getting good See, ingredients he didn't tell me that when he gave me the recipe <laughs> he didn't tell me that but I'm sure I'm secrets. sure in New York Tom you'll be able to find like mm, places York, to get they don't have flour. Joe's pizza well they do but they don't have Joe Clecker's pizza <laughs> yeah <laughs> a lot of Joe's pizzas <laughs> many, many, Joe's, many pizzas. Joe's pizzas which one's the original it's a great I question yeah exactly hopefully Clecker doesn't get that good where it's like we don't know if this is a Clecker original yeah so true but yeah shout out to joe for uh, and sage. crushing and sage. and sage well mostly joe mostly joe sage, sage for, made some sage great for, cookies sage welcomed us into yeah and sage yeah. for buying the actual uh yeah thank you yeah. for that sage yeah actually mm. she deserves all the credit for that yeah, actually yeah thank you sage thank you for nurturing an environment i mean yeah every you know they say every good pizza aioli has a great some I don't know supporting figure in their life. Pizza mm. wife Foley. Yeah, I was Pizza Wifoli. Think of something like that. Thank and vice for, versa. Thank you yeah. for stepping in to help me out there. But yeah, I think with that, um, good time to wrap up on episode, I believe, 126. Thank you very much, Tom, once again for joining us, and thank you everyone for listening. We look forward to seeing you all next week. Bye bye. Ciao. 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 Bye.